There is an unseen hand to me that leads Welcome to the Unseen Hand Podcast, featuring the pulpit ministry of missionary evangelist Ronnie Brown. Listen in as Brother Ronnie shares the truth of the Bible and how God's unseen hand can lead and guide your life with each and every verse. This hand still leads me as I go. If you have your Bibles, I want you to take them to the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter number one. We spent most of the summer going through and detailing the tabernacle. We went from the outside of the tabernacle uh, straight into the Ark of the Covenant. And we I told you from there, <coughs> excuse me, from there that we would go into the the feasts and then also we would talk about uh, the um, the offerings. And that's what we've been dealing with. The last two messages we've been bringing, brought to you have been an overview of the offerings themselves. And now we're going to go into the specific individual offerings. Let's all stand in honor and reverence to God's Word. Leviticus chapter number 1 and verse 1. <laughs> Excuse me. Leviticus 1 1. And the Lord called to Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speaking of the children of Israel, and say to them, If any man, if any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, Ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd of the and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer he shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord. And the priest uh, Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood about around the uh, upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall put fire upon the altar and lay the wood in order upon the fire. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts, the head, the fat, in order upon the wood that is the head and the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. But the inwards and his legs shall be washed with water, and the priest shall burn all upon all on the altar a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep of the goats, for the burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it, uh, bring it a male without blemish, and he shall kill it on the side of the altar northward before the Lord. And the priest Aaron's son shall sprinkle his blood upon uh, about upon the altar, and he shall cut it into his pieces, and his head and his fat. And the priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. But he shall wash the inwards and the legs with water, and the priest shall bring bring it and burn it upon the altar. It shall be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if the burnt sacrifice of his offering to the Lord be of fowls, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves. 
of young or of young pigeons. And the priest shall bring it, uh, shall bring it unto the altar and wring off his head and burn it on the altar. And the blood thereof shall be wrung out of the side of the altar. And he shall pluck away his crop. Of with his feathers and cast it beside the altar on the east part by the place of the ashes. And he shall cleave it uh, with the wings thereof, but shall not divide it asunder. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar and upon the wood that is upon the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. Now look at Leviticus 6. We'll read very few verses there. Leviticus 6. Look at verse number 8. We'll read down through verse 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Come to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night. Unto the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh, and take upon the ashes which are uh, which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments, and shall put on other garments, and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning on it, and it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat and the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. You can be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll simply look at the burnt offering this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would give us spiritual insight tonight. Father, I pray that you would help us make a connection between this burnt offering and the gospel reaching to the ends of the earth like young missionary couple here tonight. Father, I pray that you'd take us and you'd show us what this offering says to us about what we believe about Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would convict us of sin. Father, I pray, like you talked about in that last part of that text, that fire not going out. Oh God, I pray fire of the burnt offering of Jesus Christ would ever be hot in our hearts. I pray that it never smolter, never wane, Father. Oh God, I pray that you, by this message, give us a heart hot, a heart, a hot heart for what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary. Teach us, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, God, we give our minds to you. I pray that you would direct us. Give us spiritual insight. My words cannot bring spiritual learning and spiritual truth. That comes solely by the Spirit of God. Have your will and way among us tonight. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Judson Wheeler Venter, Ven, Venter was a buddy young art teacher in uh, Sharon, Pennsylvania. In 1885, he was privileged to tour Europe visiting art galleries and museums and studying painting. He was really coming along as an art teacher. He was also a musician and had studied numerous uh, and studied in numerous singing schools. Judson also had another passion. It was for he 
was heavily involved with his local Methodist Episcopal Church and sang in its choir. His love, his heart's desire was to be in those choirs during the evangelical outreach, during the revival meetings, the special gatherings he would sing. He was encouraged by a lot of his uh, friends and co-workers to, to, to think about going out into the ministry full-time, going out singing and, and, and evangelizing and leading people to Jesus full-time. Uh, full but Judson struggled with that for many years. As a matter of fact, for five years, he struggled with that decision. Finally, to finally falling to his knees, he said, Lord, if you want me to give my full time to do the work, I'll do it. I surrender all to thee. The next several years found him traveling extensively in the United States, in England, and Scotland. Matter of fact, he traveled with uh, uh, Wilbur Chapman singing in the choir and seeing many people come to Christ. East Palestine, Ohio, and sitting down recalling his own personal full-time, uh, his own personal call into full-time ministry, Judson wrote these words, All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give ever love and trust Him. In His presence, daily live. You know the refrain. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. You see, this song is very much the theme of this burnt offering. I surrender all. I'm sure our missionary couple can identify in that moment lives when we surrender all to do whatever God has asked us to do. Very much those themes can be found in this burnt offering. In fact, each of us can see the theme of surrender, the surrender of Christ on the cross of Calvary, and our Christian surrender in aspects, in four aspects of the burnt offering. So I'm going to look Four individual parts of the burnt offering, and then we'll leave tonight. The first thing I want you to see is this. I want you to see the presentation of the burnt offering. We notice in first, we notice first what can be presented as an offering. We find one, three, and ten, and fourteen. Do you remember what it was? He said you could offer a bullock. You could also offer a lamb or a goat. You can also offer a, a pigeon or a turtle dove. Each of these animals was a domestic animal. What that means is, is that it was homegrown. It was kept up in a pen, put up in a cage, and fed only, uh, only ground, uh, the, the, the type of feeding. It wasn't a wild animal. It wasn't wild, writhing animal. It was a tame, grain-fed animal. Rendering, reminding us of the willing Lamb of God who gave His life a ransom for us. Listen, Jesus wasn't wrestled down on the cross of Calvary. You know the story of how that when they, when they crucified those criminals on crosses, how that the Roman guards would have to run and push the man and hold him down and nail his hands. Look, Jesus, as a lamb before His shears as done, opened not His mouth. He really gave his life, laid his life down. The animal, the animal then was killed. 
It was blood was let. You know, I find it amusing that millions of dollars, all right, millions of dollars are spent in blood gory horror movies, blood gory video games, not to mention all the abortion, bloody abortions that happen in our country day after day and year after year. And we'll have all this river of blood in our entertainment, in our life. But we beg when it comes to what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, what, what, there is power in the blood. That's what they want to remove. today. But it is only the blood that cleanses from sin. As I like what one book said, as sin has already robbed men of life, nothing short of life can be a remedy. It is without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, Hebrews tells us. You see, I also want you to know the choosing of the sacrifice. Now, how do you make the choice? How do you know if you're supposed to bring a bullock or you're supposed to bring a sheep or a goat or a turtle dove? Well, see, that choosing, the sacrifice was chosen as a, as a, according to possession. You see, the owner of herds, somebody owns a herd of cattle, they tended to be the upper echelon in monetary living. They, they were the higher-ups. If they owned cattle, then they were to bring a calf, a bullock, from the cattle. If a certain person was on the next step up, and he was a, a, a herder of flocks of goats and, and, of goats and sheep, he would bring of his flock a yearling from it for sacrifice. And then it went down even further. If you had no herds of cattle and had no herd or no, uh, uh, no flock of goats or, or sheep, then it was come down to the very bottom where we would, they would offer the pigeon or the turtle dove. You see, it was based upon economic uh, accessibility. Economic accessibility. Now, if the owner of the herds were to bring a lamb, even if the lamb was spotless, even if the lamb was perfect without blemish, it would be rejected by God. Why? Because it was less than what he could bring. It was not his best. I like what one author said. He said, God does not accept inferior gifts from those who have possessions. Neither does he expect from his people gifts, services, or anything that they do not possess. Or, or responsibilities, our responsibilities are measured according to our privileges, not what we have or less than we have. Always the best we have. Take for example, folks, I've seen folks in a, heard of folks in a building program. And everybody get up in a frenzy about giving to a building program or giving to a missions program and work up in a frenzy about how much money they can raise. And I've heard of people going out, taking out a loan from a bank and giving it in an offering. Listen, that's not required. That is a rejected sacrifice. You see, they're taking something that they do not have and trying to give it. God wants the best of what you have. 
if all you've got at the end of all you've got at the beginning of a work week is $10 to give, God wants its best. It is an acceptable sacrifice as a tithe and an offering unto Him. God requires the first fruits and not the leftovers. You see, this was the in Malachi's day. Malachi 1, 7 and 8 said, Ye offer polluted bread on thine altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In, the, in that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. If ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. He Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord? God told the people in Malachi's day, you've been offering me that moldy bread, that bread that's left over. You've been offering me the sick, the lame, the halt, the blind of your offerings and not the best. God says, why don't you take that to your magistrate? king, the one above you. Will he not turn up his nose? Well, God is saying, what makes you think? I won't reject it. You see, when we get less than the best, we find ourselves in a rejected type of situation. I think there's a great principle in giving here. Listen, if you want to give, give your best. Do your best. If you're going to give your time, give your best time unto the Lord. If you're going to give to me, Give your best to mission works. You see, there is a principle in the presentation of the offering. And I found it a very valuable, valuable one in and of itself. Notice, second of all, not only the presentation of the burnt offering, but I'd like, to see, I'd like for you to see the presenter of the burnt offering. Excuse me. Now, let's remember this. The focus of the burnt offering is not the animal. It's not about the animal. It's about the person presenting the offering. It's not about the offering itself. It's about the offer. It's not about the animal so much as it about the atonement. You see, this burnt offering was not a requirement or a compulsion. God didn't say it was of compulsion. If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring an offering the cattle in, in Leviticus 1 verse number 2. It's not a requirement. This is a freely given offering. Slimming, an author that I like to read, said this, Compulsion always robs one of the joy of giving of the, and the, or the joy of service. What statement that is? If you've got a preacher all the time busting your chops his Bible and thumping you on the head all the time about giving. Sometimes I want to, but I, I, I say no because it siphons away. It steals the joy of giving and the reality of what giving is. It is not to be of compulsion. It is to be freely rendered to the Lord out of a heartfelt obligation to God. You know, the Hebrew word for offering means brought near. You see, the fact that this offering was being presented at the sanctuary says volumes about the presenter. Now remember, there is no compulsion. There is no command of God to bring this sacrifice. Yet they come. Yet they come to the tabernacle and they bring sacrifice. You see, 
says, first of all, that they believe in a living God. Listen, if you've got a congregation that doesn't have to be beat over the head like we have here in order to give people that believe there is a living God. There are also people that God, that believe that God can be approached by the pattern of divine revelation. What that says is they believe the Bible. There are people that believe in God, they believe the revelation of God, and also they believe uh, they are uh, that also present their lives to God as we do, as we do, we do no less. There are people that present themselves to God. I'll tell you what, that is a New Testament truth. We see that there. We need to be a people that, what is the Hebrews tells us? A man, a man, the only way to please God is with faith, faith, and he must believe that he is as a reward of them that diligently seek him. You see, what's sacrifices and, and giving of ourselves completely and fully to God means that we believe that there is a God. And then He requires this of us. You see, the placing, also look at the placing on the hand. In Leviticus 1.4, He shall put His hand upon the head of the burnt offering. That placing of the hand upon the animal was critical. It's all about identification. One author described this placing of the hand the heavy uh, imprint, uh, the heavy imprint upon the animal said, as one would press heavily upon a document, leaving a thumb imprint. You ever seen them movies where they, they wax seal a letter, they roll it up, and they put that piece of wax in there, and they take an insignia ring, and they push on it, and leave an impression on that hot wax? That is the picture that is given us in that hand placing. That bearing down on that animal. That leaving that imprint of that hand upon the head of that animal. Identifying it with himself. This animal, I cannot take the wrath of God. I cannot take my just desserts. But this innocent animal, he shall take my place. Oh, that's the ABCs of the gospel. The ABCs of, of the salvation that is offered in Jesus Christ. He took my place. I was Barabbas. I deserved the cross. I was the guilty sinner. And Christ substituted. He took my place. Second Corinthians 5.21 he, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. Verse 5 indicates that he shall kill. I never saw that until I looked at it very closely. He shall kill. I was always of the mindset to believe that the priests, they were the ones with the They accepted the sacrifice. He placed his hand. Then the priest took it over and he cut the throat of the animal. But in reality, it was the offer that placed the blade on the animal's throat and slit the animal's throat. It was the offer. It was the one that brought the sacrifice that placed the animal and offered it. One book said the offer or the sinner is always the person responsible for death. For there had not, for there had, for had there been no sin, there'd be no death. Romans 5.12, wherefore is by one man sin in the world and death by sin so death passed upon all men for they all have sin. Jesus. Oh, what a gospel truth. Our death, our 
his sin placed Jesus on the cross just as if we had took the Roman nails and pierced his blessed hands and feet. We were guilty of crucifying the Savior because of our sin. Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost told that crowd, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands crucified and slain. Jesus was placed upon that cross for our sins, for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 tells us, He took our place. He took my place at Calvary's cross. Notice also, we've seen the presentation of the burnt offering. The animals, the different types and what they mean. We've seen the presenter, the fellow bringing the animals. And what importance he plays in this song. Now I want you to see the priest of the burnt offering. After the presenter took the knife and slit the throat of the animal, the priest immediately took the animal and began to drain the blood from it. You could say that the priest took over. In verse number 5, And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord, and the priest's uh, priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood. And then he goes on to talk about what the priests do. You see, the priests played an active role. But from that point on, there is a, uh, from that point on, there are several separate steps for these men, the priests, to follow. Matter of fact, we read, we read it all earlier, but let me outline these steps for you. First of all, they sprinkled the blood the altar. Second of all, they filleted the burnt offering. What that means is, is that they took the skin from that offering. They skipped the offering. Then third of all, they cut it into pieces. This cutting here is not a hack. They didn't hack away like, you put you at a butcher's block and it's kind of chop, chop, chop. That's not what happened. This was a more of a dissection, a very precise, a very uh, uh, cautious of dissecting the parts of this animal uh, and laying it out. And so they dissected the pieces. Then they put the fire on the altar and lay down the wood in order for the fire. Then they washed the innards and the legs. Then they burnt the whole offering on the altar. Now, we see if it was a bird, there are a few different steps. They would ring the head of the bird. I thought that was interesting. Scripture, I didn't know they ring the head of the and put it on the altar. That's exactly what they did. And they they placed that. Uh, they ring the bird's head, and then they pluck the feathers uh, from the animal, and then they would cut it open down the center. The birds they did a little bit different. They didn't uh, get down in all the different pieces. They would slice the bird and open him up and place him on the altar. Then the priest would put the linen gar- garments on. Which Six and carry the ashes without the camp. You see, there were very detailed instructions that God gave the priests. Now, notice first of all, the blood being sprinkled around the altar that made it possible for God to show mercy upon the priest's offering. The the priest's offers. You see, they sinful as the man bringing the sacrifice. They were just as guilty. And this blood sprinkled around the altar made it permissible for these to 
even offer the sacrifice. See, they, they were a pseudo-mediator between God and man, but they couldn't fit the bill, could they? No, there's only one mediator between God and man, the man in Christ Jesus. So we see Jesus there. Then the filleting, it was the removal of the skin and the cutting and dissecting of the, in, of the parts. Now, these were, these was done to remember how that they inspected it from the outside. Remember our text told us, could not be a spot, could not be a blemish, couldn't be anything wrong on the outside. But it didn't stop there. Then they begin to cut the animal open and to lay out its parts and look at it from the inside. You see, it had to be spotless on the inside as well. There could be no cancerous growth. There could be no uh, nothing strange about it on the inside. Now these parts are interesting. It names them. We find these parts to be the, the head, which speaks to us of the mind or the intellect of the animal. Then we see the innards that would speak to us of the will and the affections, the legs, the outward walk and conduct, the fat would be the health of the virility of the animal. Our New Testament scriptures give us the results of the third internal examination of Jesus. You want to hear? For his head in him was no sin, First John 3, 5. He knew no sin, Second Corinthians 5, 21. He did no sin, First Peter 2, 22. He was without sin, Hebrews 4, 15. You see, the role of the priest was that to inspect it. And we see on Calvary's cross, Jesus Christ was opened up all eyes to see and God found him a perfect acceptable spotless sacrifice notice fourth of all not only the presentation and the presenter and the priest of the burnt offering but I want you to see the portion of the burnt offering the portion now in this all in the, all the array of offerings and all the other ones there are portions that are divvied out some to God some to the priest, some to the offer himself. Well, what was the case in the burnt offering? The portions of the burnt offering were the uh, were the 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 who dissected or who dissected the carcass. There were no portions held back, no reservations. There was not one part of this animal that was held back. Some part kept for the priest, and some part kept. For the offer themselves, no, it was all placed on the altar for the burning. Jesus completely gave himself for us. Remember in that garden, he prayed, not my will can be done. He prayed, oh God, take this cup from me. If there be any other way, but God demanded all. He demanded every portion, nothing held back. And that's exactly what Christ gave on the cross. So to the offerer and the priest, there was no portion that remained. Listen, the sinner has no participation in the work of redemption because salvation is not the result of our works, but of His work. Our sinful condition, we take no part. Nothing in my hands I bring simply to thy cross I cling. We play no role in our salvation. It is of grace and grace alone. God 
God's love for us, bringing us unto Himself and saving us. In this offering we see, as one author said, it is the complete consecration of the whole being of the Son of God to the mind, will, and purpose of God, which He brought complete, which He brought complete satisfaction to the heart of the Father. Jesus said, in John 6:38 I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me. You see this burnt offering teaches us that Jesus gave the God of glory that stepped down from the throne of heaven from the angels adoration in eternity past and walked upon this earth. He held nothing he gave his all on the cross of Calvary. This offering gives us a picture of Christ, but it also gives us a benchmark. You know what a benchmark is? A benchmark, I think the term the how he would set up a mark on his bench and he would measure things by that benchmark. You know, the cross of Calvary is the benchmark of our lives. It is what we measure our sacrifice against. It's what we measure our surrender to God against. Inward and outward, we are to give ourselves wholly and completely to God in just the same manner. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Corinthians 6, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 20. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In closing, remember that song I told you about the fellow that wrote it? How he came to that point in his life where he said, Oh, Jesus, I surrender. I wonder, can you say that tonight? Have you held something back? Are you holding something back in your life? Holding it like a, a two-year-old? You got the little boys here tonight, boy, they can, they can grab something and, and say mine and they won't let it go. So many Christians are just like that. They won't let go of portions of that. God, I'll go to church and I'll be there Sunday morning and Sunday night. We say, but oh, God, don't ask me to talk to that coworker. Oh, God, don't ask me to talk to that neighbor. Or you may be willing to do that. You say, oh, God, don't call me to a mission field. Oh, God, don't call me to preach. Oh, God, don't ask me to do this. Don't ask me to hold back. What if Jesus would have held back? What if Christ would have held back when it came to the moment of crucifixion? I dare say you and I would not be here. It would not have been an acceptable offering. Remember I told you about God's acceptance? It had to be the best. It had to be all or nothing with God. Oh, Jesus Christ, if you'd have held back like we do, I dare say we'd split hell wide open. The one author said, Gee, as Jesus offered himself to God without reservation, so in turn we must do the same. We must do the same. I wonder, have you? Where I asked Brother Tony to set our invitation song to that that uh, song, I Surrender All. 
Because I know it sung it this morning, but it's fitting tonight as well. I wonder, can you honestly sing that song? Can you search your heart and say there is not one place, there's not one reservation, there's not one check in my spirit? You want to know why? That's the benchmark of Calvary. That's the benchmark of the burnt offering. We want our lives acceptable to God. We want to give our all to Him. Like Paul asks us in Romans 12, 1, have you though? Have you sold out completely to God? Let's all stand. Brother Tony, if you'll come with a song of invitation. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you've never received as your Savior. Christ came, the spotless Lamb of God, acceptable satisfaction of, of God on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid your debt. Have you received Him as your Savior? Have you turned from your lawless deeds and your wicked way to come to Calvary, to come to Christ? Repent today. Receive Him as your Savior. Maybe you're here tonight and you may be, you may be, uh, 10 and you may be 110. I don't know your age. You might be that old. I don't know. You might, listen, you, you still have a life that has been saved by God's grace. Therefore, it requires, it begs us to return to Him the sacrifice which He paid for us. To give Him our lives, lock, stock, and barrel. Oh, listen, and it's not, it's not to strap dynamite to your body and go into a crowded building and blow yourselves up like the Muslims. It's to lay yourself down as an instrument of God's righteousness to be used for His honor and glory. Have you, have you squared that away in your heart? Has that already been settled? If not, you can come to this altar tonight and say, God, I give it to you all. I Listen, when I came to this church years ago, I signed the dotted line and said, fill it up with whatever you want me to do. You want me to go to Nigeria? I'll go to Nigeria. You want me to... Mexico, I'll go to New Mexico. If you want me to stay on this pew and back my pastor up the rest of my days, I'll do it. Oh, listen, it's not until then I believe we experience the true will of God in our lives. Until we set out completely to whatever He'd have us to do. Are you holding back? Is there something you're holding back? Why don't you let it go today? Why don't you say, oh, my greatest pleasure is to do the will of God that saved me. Be like your Savior. I'm trusting to the unseen hand. We hope and pray that today's episode of the Unseen Hand podcast has been a help and blessing to you. For more information such as other podcasts, ministry helps, blog posts, previous sermons, or how to contact Brother Brown directly, just go to RonnieBrown.net. Join us next time for another message from Brother Ronnie on the Unseen Hand podcast. Until then, may God's unseen hand gently guide you on your journey home. The Unseen Hand.